What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Dimling here with y'all. As always, before we get started, want to remind you that you can listen to the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your podcast. You can also head to lacrossebucket.com for all the latest lacrosse news and notes. Alright, let's get into today's episode where um, it's October. It's uh, about mid-October as, as this episode's coming out. And as I did last year, about a week or so later than I did last year, but still going to do this here in, in, in early mid-October, put out my fall top 10. Um, uh, again, I did this last year. I'm going to do it again here as we head into the 2024 college across season. 2023 fall ball is upon us. We've had some scrimmages, some significant scrimmages here over the past week or so. And uh, so, yeah, time to talk a little way too early top 10, a little way too early rankings, um, as I call it. Tanner's fall top 10. So let's get into that right now. And, and, and I'm going to go backwards here. So starting with 10, or actually starting with the three teams that didn't make the cut, uh, the, the kind of the next three, and then we'll go up, you know, 10 all the way up to one in that order. So those three teams that didn't make the cut here, kind of my next up, are Denver, Syracuse, and Princeton. Um, And in that order, specifically, uh, Denver is a team that, I mean, look, uh, obviously has a new head coach in Dave Metzbauer, you know, taking over for Bill Tierney. I would expect the success to remain there at Denver, um, and I, I actually, you know, it's maybe a team I'm a little bullish on heading into this season, um, because, look, they were 10-5 and last year, 4-1 and in the Big East, when you look at what Georgetown loses, when you look at the way the Big East could shape up this year, Denver could be the best team in the Big East, and I don't think... We've been able to clearly say that in maybe five or six years with the uh, ascension of Georgetown. Now, is, is uh, the Hoyas and Kevin Warren squad still going to be tough? Absolutely. But Denver is one of the most veteran squads here in the country, in the Big East. They lose zero of their scoring last season. They only lose four of, you know, 100, you know, whatever starts, right? Um... So, they don't lose much at all. J.J. Sostop is back. Richie Connell is back. Alex Stathakis at the faceoff dot is back. You, uh, you know, defensive guys who've been there since you know, 2020. Jake Edinger at, at the D-mid spot. Adam Hangland, A.J. Mercurio, Jack D. Beninetto all back. Um, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot to like. With this Georgetown, actually with this Denver program, and especially when you look at those spots here in the 
Big East with the losses of Georgetown as well as uh, you know Villanova. You could put in that space as well, and and Denver hasn't been to the NCAA tournament, um, you know, since 2021. Uh, that was their first trip since 2019, right? I believe it was. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, they. Looks to me that was the that was the first trip since 2018. I believe 2019 is when they also missed it. So, Denver, I, I think, could be uh, riding high here in 2024. Moving to uh, along that there, uh, my you know, next three up here, Syracuse, um, uh, kind of a similar situation where Syracuse doesn't lose much. Uh, obviously, you have you know Dave Petromala as uh, out as the defensive coordinator. You've got John O'Donnell coming in there. Um, and look, you do lose guys like Cole Coast, Alex Simmons, some of those grad transfers from last season, but you also get in multiple of those guys as well. Um, and when you look at in multiple of those Princeton transfers, Sam English, Jake Stevens, Christian Mule coming over from Lehigh, uh, Matt Wright comes in as an LSM from North Carolina. Uh, this defense, you know, improved last season under Dave Petromala. Uh, you you want to see it continue to improve under John O'Donnell, and, and they had some young guys last year, had some new faces. Obviously, Will Mark and Cage uh, was fantastic for them and, and really uh, proved to be kind of a missing piece that they needed uh, f- from the year prior, right? Um, Owen Hiltz back, Joey Spolina back, Finn Thompson back, Spolina, Thompson, both freshmen last season. Hiltz obviously coming back after a you know redshirt year as a sophomore with that injury, so uh, this is a Syracuse program, and, and look, uh, you've got Mason Cohn coming in at the faceoff dot from, from Tufts. That's really, for me, the, the biggest question with this team, the biggest need with this team was the faceoff dot. If they can answer that, if they can find the you know right answer there, which we, you know, with, with the transfer in Cohn, you, you, it seems like they found it, right? You know, you hope they find it. Um, this could be a pretty good Syracuse team that, takes that next step. I mean, they were pretty good the back half of the season, you know, beat North Carolina, snapped that uh, ACC losing streak, 8-7 and seven last year. Um, again, an improved defense, a young squad on really multiple different fronts, and you can see them very much continue that progression from the back half of the season here in 2023, 2024. I, the next team here is, is is I have Princeton, and look, this is this is a, 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 a at the beginning of this I did, wasn't sure I was gonna put Princeton here. I thought about some other teams at this third next up spot here, but went with Princeton. Um, look, um, the the Tigers were you know kind of ho hum, if you will. Um, the early, early in the season, um, the defense was pretty good. You know, Michael Jennifer Carlo stepped in. I, I thought played fantastic. I think he's going to have a big year here in 2024. Um, guy like Pace Billings back at, at, at pole, you know, but you, you do have some losses here. Um, and, and, and a lot of those all over the field, right? Sam English, Christian Ronda, Alex Slusher, Jake Stevens, 
Vidalo. Um, they, they've got to play elsewhere, right? Um, but I mentioned the defense to those guys there. Colton McAsee, 55 goals, 23 assists. He's back after leading this offense last year, really having a breakout year. Uh, you've also got guys like Sean Cameron who's back. Um, and this is a, a, a team that I think, and, and we've also heard some good things about their freshman class here in uh, the fall. Nate Kabiri in, in particular got a strong freshman class coming in at Princeton. I, I like this team. I'm not 100% certain they're going to end the season in the top 10 or even the top 15, but at this point in the year, yeah, I'll put them here as my next up because I do think they are going to be a uh, pretty formidable squad for the most part in 2024. Now, uh, with my number 10 here is is Michigan. And and this this is a, a, a Michigan team, you know, I didn't necessarily think I was going to put here when I first started doing this, uh, looking here, but then looking at and kind of judging them against those other three teams and some other teams, I I, I found myself putting Michigan there uh, at number 10 here in the fall. You know, um, it, 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 it's good. I think it's okay to be skeptical of, of Michigan if they can repeat what they did last year um, when the Big Ten make the NCAA tournament, uh, especially if... Uh, Another Big Ten team that we'll mention here in a second, or two other Big Ten teams we'll mention here in a second, uh, hit the nail on the head this year. Um, you, you look at, you know, you lose Josh Sawada, and that, that's pretty big. Uh, but you've also got back Michael Bame at, at attack. Justin Wheatfield is, is back at the faceoff. Dot, um, you know, mentioned, you know, some Princeton guys that left. Well, Bo Pedersen, he, you know, second team all Ivy, uh, D. Mitty, he is coming in at Michigan. I think is going to provide a, a a big big boost at the D. Mid spot for them. Christian Ronda is coming in as a grad transfer at Michigan as well. Justin Tunin is also coming in as a grad transfer from Lehigh. I think Michigan has enough uh, to uh, enough juice, enough fire uh, to. Do what they need to do to be as competitive as they want to be here in 2024. And look, yes, you lose Joshua Water, who who's who is you know been kind of the root of your team, one of the biggest playmakers on your team. Uh, but mentioned with Bame, with Wheatfield, with a lot of these other guys, back with the transfers coming in. I do feel good about Michigan here in 2024 having another pretty good season and, 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 and look potentially making the NCAA tournament once more, even as you know as a at large or as a um, as an AQ like they did last year. Number nine, another team here that I I, I didn't really you know give too much credence to at the beginning of doing this rankings, doing this exercise, but. Towards the end, I did. Uh, that's Yale. That's Yale. Um, look, Yale made the instant way tournament this year. Uh, tell me what else is new, right? No, Yale's been a pretty good program. They've been the best program in, in the Ivy League for a number of years now. I wouldn't say that was the case last year. Um, and I, I think we've kind of entered a world where the rest of the Ivy is caught up to Yale in many respects. You, you could 
arguably say, right, um, with, with Princeton getting better, some other teams getting better, Cornell staying, you know, pretty straight, right? Um, this was a team last year that was... The, the, the question I'm asking of Yale right now is, can their defense be good? And that's the same question I asked about Yale last year at this time. Chris Lyons, Matt Brandau, Leo Johnson. They put up ridiculous numbers last year for this offense. They did. This defense was a problem. This defense was a problem a year prior to last year as well. That's the big question here. This team has what it needs offensively in the middle of the field. Like, like They are a good team. Can they stop these high-flying offenses is the question that needs to be asked, and that's the question that needs to be answered. If, you know, right now I have Yale at number nine. If they want to stay at that spot, if they want to stay within the top ten, you know, and continue to be who they want to be, this defense is going to have to get better, and that is certainly still a major question for them. But with this offense, with what they have on that end of the field, I felt good at putting them at number nine right now in the fall. And look, again, it's fall. Who cares? Number eight, I have Johns Hopkins. This is a team that had a great season last year, kind of a bounce-back year for the Blue Jays, finally getting some success. After some rough patches, they lose to Notre Dame, the eventual national champions, in the quarterfinals. They beat Maryland, which which they hadn't done in a number of years. Twelve and six overall, four and one in the Big Ten. Um, look, Jacob and Jealous, Russell Melendez, both back here on offense. You've got Chase Owen back to fill that hole with the graduation of Tim Marceal and Cage. And that's a big reason why I even have Hopkins this high as number 8. I would have probably had them at 10 if it would have not been for Chase Owen coming in. I'm a big fan of of what he did at Cornell. And um, say he does what he needs to do at Johns Hopkins, has a similar has the similar career, you know, in one season, obviously, that he had at Cornell. You know, he's back with Peter Millman. Great pickup there. One of the best pickups in the transfer portal. You know, Alex Mazzone is back, is, is gone, I should say, on the defense. Scott Smith is back. Um, so, you know, this defense is going to look a little bit, bit, a little bit different, but still have confidence in what that defense is did last year and what they could do this year in, in 2024 as well. Uh, number seven here for me is Army West Point. Um, look, Army was a, a, a surprise team last year, right? They went 13-4, and 7-1. and one. Uh, you know, They lost a ton of talent from 2022 to 23. And they didn't really skip much of a beat at all. Um, you had guys like Reese Buick, Evan Plunkett. I mean, really, this entire offense is back. Will Coletti is back at the faceoff dot. AJ Pilot is one of the best defensemen in the country. Um, and, and, and you've got a number of other poles back there as well. Um, 
the biggest question with this team is the is 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 the uh, goalie position uh, with, with with Knox Dent graduating. Uh, but look, we've seen Army go from goalie to goalie to goalie, and and still have success, still continue to be a consistent program. That could happen once again. You know, Matt Chess uh, started a couple games in April when Dent was out last spring. 57% safe percentage looked pretty good. Um, look, Army could be a good team, even uh, should, could be a even better team in 2024 after being what I would say is a uh, pretty good team in 2023. So watch out for the Black Knights once again. And and I don't normally, I, I mean, I don't remember ever putting Army in, you know, this high in, in a early season or uh, uh, way too early rankings, but I'm doing it this year, and and and, and they've owned it, and, and what they did last year, and who they bring back. Uh, I, I'm excited to see what this team can do if they can stay among that elite uh, here in 2024. Number six, I have Cornell. Uh, so look, you do lose obviously Chase Owen. You do lose uh, what's his name, Gavin Adler, uh, number one pick in the PLL draft. So there are some significant um, there are some significant losses, particularly defensively, and that's where my biggest questions are drawn for Cornell. Um, look, CJ Coast is back. Obviously, um, you've got Billy Coyle is the only one of the top five scores that are, are, are gone. Um, Michael Long, if he's one hundred percent healthy, you know. We know what, what Cornell's been good with Michael Long in the lineup. If he's 100% healthy, that, that that's a, a question mark. We hope he's 100% healthy. And when he is healthy, this team is usually pretty dang good. This midfield, Aiden Blake, Hugh Kelher, Spencer Wertheim, and, and, and it goes on and on and on. I talked about the Cornell midfield offensively and defensively two ways last season. Very impressed with that. A lot of those guys are back. Have high hopes once more for Cornell. Went 11-4 last year, 4-2 in the Ivy League. They lost that overtime game to Michigan in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Cornell looking to get back to Championship Weekend for a second time in three years in 2024. And uh, if they can get some of those question marks answered there um, in cage on, on, on defense, we could be very much looking at a team that has that potential once again. Moving on to number five here, so we're in the top five now. Number five for me is Penn State. Penn State. Uh, and look, this is a Penn State team that, um, you know, really, you know, after a two rough seasons, came back, bounced back, had a great season in 2024. Went to Championship Weekend for a second time since 2019. Second time ever. And they don't lose uh, an incredible lot, right? Uh, Jack Trainer is gone. Grad transfer Kevin Winkoff is gone. Um, but look, this is a, a program that uh, has what it takes, I think, to return to Championship Weekend. TJ Malone is back to lead this offense. Jack Fracion is back in cage. Um, 
I think maybe the biggest question mark for me with Penn State uh, concerns the face-off dot where you do have some, you know, they did struggle at times last year, Hudson Bond, Chase Mullins being you, you kind of your duo there, uh, Mullins going 45%, Bond going 44%, so, so you do have that. Um, when you look at this defense, I'm a pretty big fan of what Penn State did you know, last year in, in terms of their defense and jumping up the way they did. Alex Ross was a freshman, played very well. Jack Posey uh, is back for a fifth season um, after a, a season last year where he really had a breakout year uh, and, and proved to be one of the best defensemen in college lacrosse. Um, yeah, so you know, the, the, there's not a, a, a ton gone uh, f- from this team. Uh, I mentioned Trainer and Winkoff, and, and that's really kind of it uh, to, to that extent. Matt Trainer. Ethan Long, a lot of players back here for Penn State that contributed heavily to that run in 2023. You've also got Sean Donnelly coming in from Drexel. You've got James Delamonte coming in from uh, Division Three Muhlenberg. And you've got Joe Scarfie coming in as a grad transfer uh, from St. Lawrence on the defensive side. So some transfers that, you, that Penn State hopes can... Uh, provide a shot in the arm here for them, some spots of need potentially for them in, in 2024. Number four on my list here is the Maryland Terrapin. So Maryland last year is is a Maryland last year was not Maryland of normal, right? They went ten and six, three and two in the Big Ten, and look you had Eric Malver was out all season. You also had Logan McNaney, who was out after that first game uh, in cage. I think get those two guys back, get those two guys healthy, and Maryland can be right back in the conversation, can be right back in championship weekend here in 2024. This is a program that has been one of the most consistent in college lacrosse. I don't have many concerns with Maryland in terms of them being able to bounce back. Braden Oska, you know, really stepped up big time for that program last season. Um, and, and, and I should mention, you know, the number of transfers that Maryland is is getting there. Nick Alviti. Jackson uh, Canfield, two poles from Vermont. You've also got Colin Sharkey, defensive midfielder from Vermont as well. Um, And and Griffin King coming over from Brown. He was a pretty good playmaker for them. 25 points last season as a senior for the Bears. Had 20 in 20-22 as a junior. So you've got some, some good pieces there that you've added to the list. We obviously know that Maryland is going to be Maryland, and I, I, I think you can say that once more this year um, with as much as they went through last season. And, and look, 
a lot of these guys, Oscar Kelly, hadn't really, you know, stepped up that big time, uh, that that big um, until last year. So that's good experience for them. We'll see if this team can bounce back and be another. You know, Maryland is known, go to championship weekend, go to championship weekend, go to championship weekend. That's year after year after year. That's what you expect for Maryland to do here in 2024. Number three here, I have the Virginia Cavaliers. Look, they lost to Notre Dame in the quarterfinals, or excuse me, in, in the semifinals, nixing the Michelle, uh, which nixed the opportunity to play in the uh, championship game for the third time since 2019. Won it in 2019, won it in 2021. Uh, look, Sean Cohen is off to Dartmouth as the head coach, the offensive coordinator from Virginia. They got Kevin Cassis in, the former Lehigh head coach, to replace him. And, look, this team has no, uh, I would say, the deck is full in Charlottesville. You've got Connor Schellenberger back. Um, You know, he had some injury issues last year. Assuming he's 100% healthy, you know what he can bring to the table Every single day, Matthew Nunes looked improved in Cage. Uh, I think the biggest question here is, you know, Cole Kastner, a bunch of guys back on defense that you expect to be good once more. I think the biggest question is the face-off dot. Will you do Luis P.D. Lasala? Here's the thing. They got Binghamton's Matthew DeSouza. They got Navy's Anthony Gobiel. Each went 60-plus at the face-off dot last season. I think both those guys fit very well into, uh, you know, whether they go 50-50, whether one guy is, is the main guy, one guy's but whatever it is, whatever it is, they found the answer there, uh, I believe, at the face-off dot to replace Pedro Lasala, and uh, Virginia can once again make a, a, a deep run into May with the talent that they have. Number two here, I have the Duke Blue Devils. This is a program that went 16-3, 5-1 in the ACC last year. A foot in the crease got them to championship weekend. A 13-9 loss uh, was on Memorial Day for them as they lost to Notre Dame in that national title game. Here's the thing. Duke went 16-1 against teams not named Notre Dame last year. Pretty dang good stretch for them. Pretty, pretty good. Brennan O'Neill is back. Dyson Williams is back. Jake Naso back at the faceoff dot. You add Alex Slusher. Um, Princeton grad transfer on that offense as well. Kenny Brower. Uh, one of the best defensemen in college across, potentially, once again. Tyler Carpenter back as well. Um, you know, Wilson Stevenson, loss at defense. Garrett Ledman, loss at midfield. You know, here's the thing, though. The biggest question is in cage. Again, Griffin Rackauer, 56% save percentage. Played a bit at uh, at Princeton was kind of in that goalie Olympics there early in the season for them. 56% save percentage in the games he played at Princeton last year. Is he the answer? We'll see. I think 
the situation in Durham is pretty similar. This is a team that can win a national title. It's the fact of can they put it all together in May when they need to to get it done. And you know another thing, can they put it all together from February to May? Because I don't feel like we've ever seen Duke win a national title when they've played a consistent season. And what I mean by that is they're the same team in May, which excuse me in February, to one extent or another, as they are in May. That's that fact is never gonna be true with any team. But like we saw with with, with a Maryland in twenty twenty two, the consistency throughout the year was there. We I don't feel like we've ever seen Duke I don't feel like we've ever seen Duke do that and win a national title. 2021 was probably the most consistent they've ever been throughout an entire season, and the consistency there was winning close games and was kind of figuring things out maybe a little bit on the fly, if I'm remembering correctly, offensively speaking, because there was change from week to week. Number one here, Notre Dame, the defending national champions, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish come into 2024 with a big target on their back, obviously. The Irish, I, I think, however, you know, have what it takes to get back to Championship Weekend. Tell me something I don't know. I know, I know. They always do. Lee Mintzman is back in cage to lead the way for this defense that you know does have some clear question marks. Chris Fake, gone. Brian Tevlin, to a midfielder, gone. However... Uh, so, so, so there are some questions there on that end. However, Torlington finalist Pat Cavanaugh is back. Chris Cavanaugh is back. Those pair combined for 129 points last season. They lead an offense that has gotten some firepower via the transfer portal. Jake Bonomi coming in as a grad transfer from Michigan at the midfield. Devin McLean arriving in South Bend from Brown at the attack spot. Uh, this is a team that, uh, or a, a program that has been consistent, has stayed consistent, and I expect that to stay the same here in 2024. Are they going to repeat as national champions? Well, that's a uh, heck of a lot to ask. That's a heck of a lot to accomplish, and it's a tough thing to accomplish. One of the toughest things to do in sports is repeat as national champions, uh, but I do think as we sit here in early to mid-October, Notre Dame is a team to be reckoned with here once more in 2024, just as they always have been, and I have them as number one in my fall top 10 as they are the reigning national champions, and so they get the benefit of the doubt in that respect, being number one in Tanner's 2024 fall top 10. All right, folks, thanks again for Tuning in, y'all can listen to the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcast. You can connect with us on social media at Lacrosse Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season.